welcome back to um, Desperation Point. We're we're gaming again. It's been a few weeks. We're just talking about it. it's been a couple of weeks since we last got together virtually uh, to play a game, and um, we had to skip, unfortunately, uh, last week and the week I believe the week prior too. Um, but we're back on the third week. And uh, if you're listening to this, it should just be back to back with everything else. So, hey, everybody. Hi. Hello. Hey, listeners. Hello. Um, <laughs> hello. If, if, if you heard the news, um, and, you know, the news is the news, um, the announcement around Blackbird just came out, created by Ryan Vernier and um, illustrated by some really incredible artists and written by some incredible creators. Um, well, we can't talk too much about it on, on, on this podcast. Um, but you'll hear more about it. Uh, just go to blackbirdsrpg.com. Um, it's another dark fantasy game powered by Zweihander RPG. Um, if you look it up on Twitter, it's kind of blown up, kind of crazy. Um, today, the, the big show from WWE just retweeted it. Um, yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, for those who don't know, uh, Ryan Vernier uh, plays Dungeons and Dragons in Joe Meganello's game. So he and the big show and the dudes from Game of Thrones and I don't know, some other people, some famous people in movies and shit and do video games and stuff. They all play together. So that's kind of how um, – Big Show knows about Ryan's Blackbirds Powered by Zweihander game, so that's kind of exciting. Um, but um, yeah, so check it out, blackbirdsrpg.com. Uh, but but as for tonight, thank you, patrons, for continuing to listen in, for listening, I'd say watching, because we're not really watching, we're not doing video, but thank you for listening to us um, play this crazy, completely unprepared game. And I know last time we left off, the plan was, we kind of talked about some different options of different directions we could go and i was like i'm gonna use this time next week to plan things out <laughs> and guess what i didn't do anything i didn't plan that's right Christmas shopping <laughs> <laughs> yeah i in true in true fashion for desperation point i remember i sat down in front of my computer with my my notebook which is right here okay it's still on the same page that we left off on you got nobody can see it but the, the players can i left off right where we stopped and um the choice was to go after abigail and chains to better the settlement to go after the nameless to scout them out or go back to the dig site or research site so when i sat down i was like i'm gonna i wonder what i could plan for all these things and i decided mm, fuck it i'm not gonna plan anything because i think that would kind of violate the spirit of what we're doing here at Desperation Point. So I decided not to plan anything. Uh, that's not a bad thing. Um, I can say that having a couple of weeks to think about things has given me some ideas. But once again, I, I want you all to drive the story. I want you to drive the decision-making. Um, and I'm kind of curious how it's going to work out being that this is a, sandbox-ish game where you all are driving the action, the decisions, and the story. So, you know, uh, if you if you listen to Queen of Embers listeners um, and watchers, viewers, you know that they're, we're playtesting a big pre-written campaign. Um, this one is not. This is, there's no 
planning whatsoever on my part or the player's part to make this happen. So let's just get right back into it. Um, so where we, because it's been a couple weeks, um, for us, <laughs> yeah, for, for us, for us players, game master, whatever, let's maybe talk about like what hap- what you remember from last game session. Like what, what, what at a high level, like you just pick a spot, any point during the session and we can kind of fill in the blanks from there. Cause I know it's always tough when it's been a couple weeks. Uh, we uh, collected the eggs and left the lair of the <laughs> moss among brutes. We collected creature. an egg. An, an egg. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Cause uh, you know, <laughs> Was hoping that uh, if I took one as opposed to them all, then Mossamunger Roots would have a reason to go back rather than just chase us the whole time. You know, it's like, well, do I cut my losses or, you know, potentially risk uh, <laughs> yeah. losing even more than one? That's very true. So, yeah, that's, that's why I wanted to take one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, yeah, so you took, you took one. You took you took an egg, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and you returned back to Stonehold. I think some of the stuff we kind of defined that happened. Just looking at the pages here, um, we played think, a worker placement game. That's right, worker <laughs> placement. That's right. Mm-hmm. You Love uh, worker placement games. If this was, if this was, that's right. If this was, if this was planning um, from a project manager perspective. I think about from like um, like an actual project. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah, so Sten the trainer was made horse master. Um, and his folk were given kind of menial roles. Tuck, the man that, you know, that Osbert knocked the F out in the first <laughs> game session, became a labor leader. Aaron, the man, became a guard slash hunter gatherer. Aaron, his sister, became a guard slash hunter gatherer. Dr. James Coventry, a doctor and barber surgeon, of course. Sir Phineas, as you found out, he is in fact a knight, um, has taken the role of bailiff as tax collector <laughs> with what a few mm-hmm. people were there. Um, and, uh, and you've also kind of discovered that um, you've earned some good, some good credit, so to speak, with the people of Dunswanton, those beyond the Steadwall Mountain, sorry, not beyond the Steadwall, beyond the Horned Society, uh, where you went after the horse. Um, and um, Old Grawlstead, they are now treated as neutral uh, as your, as, as the Green John was probably not expect, but did not expect you to, you know, to, to, to bring Sten into the fold. And once again, you know, the Green John, of course, understands that, you know, the, the situation was Sten. But if you remember during that game session, he's like, well, the people are out for blood. So we have to satisfy that. We can't just allow Sten back in, even though, you know, the things didn't go down how they said it went down. So by bringing Sten into your, into Stonehold, you have ostensibly put yourselves in a neutral position with the Green John and the people of Old Grawlstead, occupiers as they may be. Uh, in the ruins of Old Grawlstead, or I should say, the these aren't really ruins; they rebuilt it. But the conquerors of Old Grawlstead, um, you are kind of at at not you're just a neutral, not at odds by any means yet, unless you choose to do something kind of heinous. But you know that's up to you. So um, that's where we left off, and we said we would turn the we would turn the clock forward a little bit. 
we would we would move from spring to summer um, just to kind of give some passage of time. A lot of you kind of set down some roots. Uh, in the meanwhile, everybody give yourselves 25 reward points for our for our um, update uh, there. If you have any reward points to spend, obviously spend them now. Um, but what do you think happens the next three months with each of you, like individually? Like what are the things that um, – you, what pursuits would you each individually have during during this downtime? Maybe we can start with Calvin. So Calvin, I believe, would work to start trying to to restore the fields mm-hmm. and the areas around uh, Stonehold, because as a elementalist, he has a, a spell that can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about like in the spell. Let me pull that up. Which one it is again? Here we go. But yeah, you can start kind of trying to change the area back to what you know its former self. Uh, where is it? it's called Springs Bounty? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, you'd be doing that. Um, and then probably adding a little aid because it also helps uh, with conception between like livestock and animals and stuff like that. So if we were looking to breed horses, um, we could definitely kind of use that as an edge because why not use magic? It's true. Um, I think what we'll do in that case, uh, knowing you kind of want to use your, your magic to help kind of restore the land, um, when, when as, as we may remember in previous uh, game sessions, we talked about that they said that Stonehold had too much blood in the soil to grow anything. Um, and what you certainly discover before you start casting your, your spells um, is that uh, it's kind of a, not a loamy earth by any means. It's kind of a, it's kind of a very shallow soil mm-hmm. that meets limestone. And unsurprising, a lot of the land around here is mostly used for grazing. Um, mm-hmm. But being able to start kind of small farms here and there, I think that's your spring's bounty spell would certainly help. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have you just make one, 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 one incantation test. Um, and go ahead and treat it as probably, I probably treat it as trivial. Okay. Uh, just, for, just for sake of, of gameplay. Yep. And I make good use of all the good manure we're making now. Yeah, yeah that's right. Because you have, st- I mean, Sten and the and the outcasts, um, of course, were horse traders. So, mm-hmm. is that go. the name of their minstrel uh, uh, band that they've got going on? <laughs> Sten and the outcasts. Sten and the horse traders. Sten and the horse traders. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> I like it. All right. So I rolled a twenty-six and I had a seventy-nine. So I succeeded. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll say you're you're probably successful in your endeavor. That seems to make sense. Let's move next to Keegan. So Keegan, obviously you all are back here in Stonehold trying to reestablish a foothold as you had originally intended in late winter and now it is midsummer uh, and you've achieved said foothold like what is keegan doing during this passage of two to three months how does how does he occupy his time does he 
So probably I would say at least for the first couple weeks or whatever, he, he would basically just be following Osbert, having no idea exactly what to do other than what Osbert tells him to do. Mm -hmm. um, figuring out that at some point that probably gets a little um, old. <laughs> <laughs> Considering sometimes Osbert says some strange things, he would find himself <laughs> most likely um, trying to communicate with some of the groups that are on the outside, like around, <clears throat> you know, the smaller tribes and stuff, obviously not the green John, but I'm sure there's other little family holds and things like that, that happen to be around that area. Mm -hmm. So he'd be working on, you know, recruiting some of them maybe to come back and help build out Stonehold or just opening trade routes, <clears throat> you know, as a merchant comes through getting like better rates for them and everything. He'd be doing a lot of, probably that kind of work um, as well mm -hmm. as trying to organize like when people come in, like helping them get assigned to like a, a good place for them to work or whatever. So, you know, when somebody comes up and they say, Hey, we need a carpenter for this, he's going to be the one that like goes and finds them and tries to bring them back and talk them into coming back. Yeah. So it sounds kind of like, it's like um, almost like a act of diplomacy <clears throat> to establish relationships with surrounding folk and, help integrate them into Stoneholdian, <laughs> yeah. lack of a better term, into Stonehold society uh, to be good, to be, to, you know, to pick and choose the right people and to establish good relations with people around. Yeah, Stonehold, uh, you know, uh, for good and for ill, there aren't really a lot of people around here. Uh, most of the people that lived near Stonehold went to Old Grawlstead. Um, but what you'll probably discover, Keegan, is that some are dissatisfied with the Green John. Um, they're dissatisfied the way that he has handled things. They're not necessarily happy that he was, um, that he himself put himself in as leader. And in fact, um, you find a few families that are, that are remnant families from old Grahlstad, the original Grahlstaders, uh, who were driven out and living basically in the hills. So um, what skill do you think you would use to kind of, to make all this happen? Like what makes the most sense? Um, I, <clears throat> I would say diplomacy probably does, but I also have meeting in the mines and silver tongue as yeah. two of my talents yeah. to kind of assist with that. Yeah. Um, so, so something like bargain, you think? You want to go with bargain? I can go with bargain. That's fine. There's no diplomacy skill. Well, <laughs> uh, diplomacy skills. I meant bargain or charm, oh, I guess is yeah, what yeah. I really was kind of going with i don't i don't know if like because bargain to me usually would mean like i was purchasing the, them to come in and charm would be i'm trying to make friends so i don't know well so consider this so bargain isn't necessarily just about trade it's also about finding a middle ground um it's about you know it's about either i think about it this way so conflict resolution is kind of framed in three different ways it's either mm -hmm. um you acquiesce or you get what you want or you compromise and typically all those are general like to to get people to to, to compromise it's, it's it's a bargain test okay um so i think that probably makes the most sense i think that we'll probably we'll probably do is treat that as trivial as well okay um it, does silver tongue or meeting in the minds potentially come in or no yeah absolutely yeah uh okay. meeting in the minds certainly would okay so that's a plus 10 mm -hmm. then um all right uh, I can't fail unless I roll a hundred. I mean, now I said it, so it's going to happen. But... <laughs> 100. <just kidding. laughs> no, I rolled a 12. We're okay. Good. 
Um, that's good. So yeah, we'll say you're successful in your endeavors over three months. One thing we forgot to do before we move forward, we need to determine um, our coin pool. Mm-hmm. Um, I start with one and you, the four of you roll for the remainder. So everybody roll 1d6 if you would. You rolled real dice or rolled on roll 20. It's up to you. Two. Three. Three. Nice. nice. Two. Okay. So I've got one. You've got four. Um, good. Okay. I'll just put these coins in front of me here. Okay. So let's move next to um, Collinsworth. What's going on during this period of time with Collinsworth over three months? Collinsworth is going to put everything he can into two things. One is Hobbs, and the other is the egg. Uh, he's going to Hobbs the bear. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean put time into Hobbs? Well, Hobbs was still young. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to continue to raise Hobbs, and he's going to f- try and find a safe place for the egg, like um, a cave, mm-hmm. um, because it, you know, he saw that this thing lived in a cave. Um, yeah, it's funny you should mention a cave because you know a cave that's very, very close to where you're at, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too. What, do we, what uh, do we call that cave? Do we have well, there's called? a cat cave and there's Finn's cave. That's right. <laughs> which, um, ca- which cave is it? Which cave you want to raise the, bring the little, little egg to? I said we're creative egg. with our names. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember what happened in the cat cave, but I don't remember what happened in Finn's cave. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we remember what it can? Because um, it's kind of depending on what happened, it may inform my decision. It was just a cave he hid out in. I don't like. There was nothing bad or anything that happened. Okay. Um, then I would probably go to Finn's cave first, just because I would expect for uh, the cat to come back. Which the cat would probably be great food for an adult, mm. but um, I would go for Finn's cave to try and um, be able to raise this thing. Um, and then in order to raise this thing, what I would need to spend a lot of time doing and with um, uh, Hobbs is I'd need to make sure that there's plenty of prey animals in the area. And yeah. in order to do that, you need to attract them. So like I might have even like stolen a little bit of crops from um, what Calvin was doing um, with him knowing, without him knowing, yeah, probably with him knowing, yeah, <laughs> just uh, telling him, hey, I'm I'm taking this to plant near the, um, the spy, the mossy cave, <laughs> and uh, you know that way there will be prey animals in the area. So um, then you know as far as like streams and lakes, I would kind of chart them out, and then try and find streams and lakes that are further away to fish and stock our streams and lakes, well, not streams, our lakes with, uh, um, you know, more fish so that they breed more, uh, you know, just like trying to make sure that we have plenty of wildlife in the area for both Hobbs and Spidey to eat. I don't know. I haven't named it yet. <laughs> um, At this point, the egg, the egg won't hatch. Oh, I know. Next, it didn't... Yeah, it won't hatch for the next three months. However... Um, I catch your meaning. Um, go ahead and make a trivial handle animal test. Yeah, I'm gonna name it Massimo. Moss Among Us. Massimo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is, by the way, this is to train your animal and stock the legs. Okay. 
Uh, I'd prefer if you roll physical dice, please. Okay. Yep, come on. Everybody, please. Dice Tower. Uh, Trivial will be... It's been a long time, so... It's been a long time. Uh, 92. And 89 will succeed. Nice. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, so we'll say you're successful in your endeavor there as well. Um, and finally, that kind of br- that br- we'll talk about the egg here over time. Uh, but let's talk. Let's let's move finally to Osbert. Osbert, tell us what's what's happening during this period of time. So, for the next three months, Osbert wants to know more about um, the nameless and other possible threats to Stonehold, mm. and he will attempt to gain this information through the use of his Faustian bargain. Now, whether that means he's wishing for some sort of increased stealth capability so he can scout out the area that the Nameless lives in or um, whatever he thinks would be the best route um, given his success or failure throughout the month. So he can. this is a test he can do once a week. Um but that's what he would be doing. He would be, he would be bringing to bear his uh, Faustian bargain in a way that will further information about possible threats to Stonehold. All right. So let's talk about that for a moment. Okay. <laughs> so um, let me let me pull up Faustian bargain for we leap into this endeavor okay sure uh effect okay effect once a week attempt a secret test using resolve to plead for a dark power for an ability okay mm-hmm. favor or power you're not going to roll weekly that doesn't make any sense right um if successful it'll temporarily granted to you for 24 hours but you gain nine conflict mm-hmm. however there may be an additional cost associated with it which you and the historian will discover to, or determine together in keeping with the story if you fail this test, the dark power will call upon you to fulfill its own wishes for 24 hours. Okay. If you don't follow its command, you're unable to restore your apparel condition track until you do so. So, with that being said, knowing the stakes, right? I'm going to put this in, in, our, in our Zoom chat, just so you have that in front of you, too, before you make this decision. Are you sure you want to do this? I mean, are you really asking me this? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, is there any other answer? <laughs> so make a secret resolve test. What's your what's your what's your chance okay. to succeed? And let me know what yours as if it was standard, and let me know what you come up with. All right. Let me see here. Resolve.
And that looks like a failure. I'm going to re-roll that, actually. What is a what is a failure? I rolled a 74, and my rating was 41. Okay. So I would like to re-roll. Okay. I'll Do take it. the coin. It's mine. Okay. So my rating is 41, and my roll is 1. So critical success. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you gain nine conflict. Um, okay. And we'll assume that um, through a series of strange fever dreams, as you're hanging out in the cave where the cat was, where you had first made the pleading, um, you have this kind of these series of dreams and visions. Um, that speak of uh, the nameless moving in concert um, and they're moving north uh, through what looks like a heavily forested area um, and eventually they emerge near a very large crystal clear almost perfectly round lake in the middle of this fast vast forest um, you can see the sky reflecting perfectly off this large lake of water that seems crystal clear and deep as you can as you can imagine a lake would be and the groups of the nameless uh, born with masks and right up on the back of these massive uh, reindeer um, or moose they're writing moose is that right I can't remember what they're writing. reindeer Reindeer, that's right. They, yeah, so they, they emerge near this large lake and they seem to be heading through this forested path up a mountain. And in the mountain, you can see, you can see the curls of blue and gray smoke coming from campfires kind of spotted throughout the mountains. But that's really all you manage to, to kind of into it from these series of fevered dreams. Um, at this point, you've erected um, an altar in the cave. Okay. The cave is now the altar to the a, a being you simply call the Dark One, um, who comes to you in these strange dreams, and you in service to it, and it in service to you. Uh, which cave was that? The cat cave. Cat cave. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was elk, not reindeer. My That's mistake. right, elk. That's right. So some time passes um, as you kind of re you're establishing a foothold in Stonehold, um, and some strange news toward midsummer is heard uh aaron and aaron have returned and they're you're all kind of i'm assuming you're kind of maybe together at this point and somewhere in the main chamber of of stonehold in the main the main gallery and you're talking with sir phineas or sir fen seraphin um (laughs) (laughs) seraphin he's turning into a devil um I think of the seraphim of uh, Legacy of Cain, Soul Reaver. More, oh, I thought it was like a surfing dude. More <laughs> divine. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> the whole, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
tears his wings off and throws them in the pit of despair. Um, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, bud. Yeah, no, I love that game. <laughs> I just started replaying it. But anywho, yeah, so Sir Finn is there. Tuck is there. And Aaron and Aaron have been outranging for about a week as they were following some of the trails that uh, Collinsworth identified. And Aaron is, he, he's in a bit of a panic as he kind of approaches. And he says, um, he's talking to Sir Phineas and of course Osborne. He's like, we found, we found, we picked up on, we picked up on her trail, Abigail's trail in the wilderness. Where exactly? Well, it was about a week north of here. Um, We'd passed beyond, we were following the Horned Society, chasing after the, after horses that sent us out out after in the same hunting grounds, uh, the west side of of, uh, the Horned Society. And we saw this herd of elk moving through the wood and we thought it strange because there were so many. And Aaron, his sister, kind of pipes up and she says, we, we counted nearly four score, all broad of shoulder and their massive racks of antlers and borne upon the back were the nameless. And uh, Aaron says, and, and get this, he says, and there were 40 of them at least. And we saw among them a woman on the back of a horse wearing pit armor black as black as midnight pitted and broken pitted like a pitted like a cauldron it had to have been abigail we only saw it from from them from a distance but it had to have been her Mm. are we all there oh yeah assume you all are there yeah four score you say he nods it's a lot. It's like 80. You know. Yes. And there could have been more. It could have been four score and seven deer ago. Hmm. It's one. It's minus 25 reward points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. God damn it. It's minus 50. <laughs> uh, hey, man, if we... You're being glib. Collinsworth, he says, but I'm telling you, it hadn't have been her. It's only a matter of time until they come back and strike out, Aaron says. They'll overrun the whole damn all Stonehold. Yeah, it's 80 of them, they'll overrun the whole north. <laughs> the horn. Yeah, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> the, the, the torch lords are gone, Tuck pleads. The torch lords are gone, but. 80 of these raiders, he says. We've nigh even 20 people in Stonehold. The walls are falling down around our ears. He points toward a nearby wall that's crumbled. Mm-hmm. The siege of Stonehold. Well before our time here. <clears throat> well, I'm not necessarily the most military-minded, but it seems to me if we can't make those numbers up in people, then maybe at best we find something that can take out large quantities of people, yes? Aaron and Aaron kind of look toward one another, not really sure what you're alluding to. 
uh, they're weapons, right? Thing, things that can take out a lot of people at the same time. Why don't we see about securing those? <laughs> Phineas Borks. Siegecraft in the north. <laughs> Torque lords know nothing of that. Finding somebody who has any of those skills would be like finding a diamond in the rough. <laughs> you ought to have me, you ought to have Tuck climb a tree next. <laughs> well, if he finds the right branches, he can. And besides, you think we're the only ones that aren't from the north that are here. I'm sure there's others. We haven't seen them, Tuck says. Doesn't mean they don't exist. So are we sure that they are coming this way? Aaron says, no, they were going north. But it's only a matter of time, Tuck says. What if she comes back with all of them? What if they went to go get reinforcements? What if, what if only 40 raiders come? 40 raiders against our paltry, what, 13 people here? Half of you green around the ears when it comes to the art of war? Well, green would be a compliment. Well, I assure you, this is no compliment. I'm a talker, not a fighter. Exactly. That's what I'm referring to. I'm not even green when it comes to warfare. I suppose the green John would probably want to know about this as well. I mean, if the nameless are heading close to his lands, perhaps he could lend some support. Aaron and Aaron said, no, it was beyond there. It was north through a massive forest. We not tracked there that far before. We followed the trails that Collinsworth told us about. We followed, we followed the Horn Society northward for about four days and broke west. So we know they're traveling north. We don't know whether they'll be back. Oh. I mean, perhaps they will. Perhaps they go there for the summer. Like some sort of nomadic types. Like to, birds. To be fair, what do we have here that they'd want to take this place anyways? No one else has wanted to. We were the first ones. Yes. No one, it's crumbling walls and you know grounds that don't actually grow things. Why would they want here? And Why are we here, Sir Phineas says. Uh, it's stubbornness, clearly. I've looked out my window and I've seen a full a full field grow as if it had been plowed and tilled all spring. Crops grow out of the soil like, well, like some form of magic made it happen. He says, waving his hand around. <laughs> ah, the magic of muscle work. <laughs> Sweat and elbow grease, all Back the way. Breaking labor. <laughs> yes, uh, and Hobbs, Hobbs helped. Frankly, I'm surprised with how much work was put into it. There's not more. Well, you know, when you take fields that are barren and then, you know, get anything out of them, that's uh, more than anyone expected. Yes, exactly. Hmm. As I, I give two... a knowing smile to my brother. Yeah. <laughs> but I have an idea. We build pit traps everywhere. Pit traps. I'm being kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah. I mean, I mean we could. I, I suppose if there was anything 
to do, I could. That would be the one thing I could do, but um, most of my traps are for game and not for people. I mean, you can make man traps. I could. Uh, it, if we had the proper materials. I mean, I, I, could, I could make plenty of traps out of wood, but, uh, you know, anything sophisticated... I mean, we would need nails at the very least. I think we're all going about this the wrong way. We just don't know enough. We we know where they're headed. North. So I think that also, we're, we're also looking for Abigail. So let's kill two birds with one stone. Head north and investigate. I suppose we should. Uh, my primary concern is that if we do that, they may have intended to leave us alone completely. And if we start tailing them, then they will have a reason to come back. Well, we have a, an agreement, Sir Phineas reminds Osbert. This is the closest we've been to her for well upon season. Seems she has contacts in all the weirdest places. But yeah. I mean we, we don't we don't even know that the nameless are a threat to us. She could have been a prisoner. Tuck suggests. Could be. Maybe we sue for peace with the Green John and bring our people together. Strike out. Like an arrow, let loose. Catch them when they're unawares, Aaron says. I don't think I'm ready to declare war on anyone. I just want to go up there for a little reconnaissance, just to see what they're they're up to, see what they're all about, see if we can clap eyes on them and see what they're doing. Well, and forgive my ignorance, uh, you know, not, not being from the North, uh, but... The, what did you say, 13 we have here, and the, what, 30 maybe he has, still does not quite equate to 80 people, if that's what we must offend against. You know, I, I'm usually about reconnaissance, but I must say, um, the last time that I went on reconnaissance with Hobbes, um, the bear, he went over the mountain to see what he could see. And the other side of the mountain was all that he could see. So the bear went over the mountain to see what he could see. The other side of the mountain was all that he could see. It may not be the best use of our time. Well, there are parts of the north that far north that we wouldn't be able to access any other type of time of the year. If we wait, if we wait to the fall season, well, well, there's no way that we can map that far. So, you're pretty sure of this. You, your mind is made up. I mean, I'm still willing to hear any other mm. arguments or points or what have you about what should be done. But I see a possible threat, and I just 
I'd rather not get into a war with anyone that we don't have to. But if if it needs be, then I'd like to be prepared as quickly oh. as possible. Oh, son. Sir Phineas says he places a hand upon Osbert and stands beside him like he's trying to chide him. <laughs> we will have war whether we want it or not in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Take it from me. <laughs> I assure you, at some point or another, we will come to blows with someone. As for reconnaissance, I think that's a good idea. I suppose I would agree with this. Tuck says, I, I disagree. I think we should... Forge an alliance at the Green John and strike out. I agree with Aaron. Aaron, the the man, nods. Aaron, the other, the woman, says, no, no, no. We should just leave Stonehold. Why are we even here? There's only one garden that grows. We've got crumbling walls around us. I think Keegan's point is right. I don't know the why would they want to come here <laughs> if they're not they don't want to come here why are we even here she says why don't we just go to old Grolstead and send down our roots where it's established what are we trying to gain here she says it's clear that the four of them are all of a very different mind <laughs> I for one believe that we are expanding the kingdom further north so that it, um, you know, everyone can see the greatness of Aglador. Well, you know what happened last time that <laughs> unfolded. The quartermaster lived three winters and his head ended up on a pike. Daunton Thorn's dead. The entirety of Stonehold was crushed by the Torque Lords. Torque Lords are dead. That's we'll... a very fair point, Sir Phineas says, and you're welcome. <laughs> we, we will be we will, we will succeed now that they're gone. I, I Our would, destiny. I would say that they didn't have the Redding brothers, but well, they did. super Redding brothers, <laughs> <laughs> the mighty Redding brothers. They had Sorry, it's 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 World One Two. Sorry. They had uh, uncles or cousins or whatever relation they are. Hmm. Well, the veritable bastardry of Reddings I heard were here in Stonehold before all this went down. Bastards? No. None of us are bastards. We grow like the crops outside. Yes. We wear it even in the harshest environments. We're we're not bastards. We're legitimate bastards. Yes. We all know our fathers. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, all I can do is wait for crops to grow. So I, I am fine with uh, going out to uh, search for her. We'll be back by harvest time. I just know it. <laughs> well, I couldn't pass up this opportunity, Sir Fenia says, and we do have a deal. Tuck kind of grumbles a bit and says, if I don't stay here, things are going to go amiss. And besides that, if Phineas is leaving, then who's going to collect the tax? Who's going to keep accounts of the corn or whatever it is you got growing out there? It has to be paid. Aaron and Aaron, they kind of, they look to one another and they say, well, we're really the only other sword hands here. 
Looks like you'll stuck with me, Stephania <laughs> says. <laughs> Just us five. Beneath my leadership, he places his hand upon Osbert. I will take you to the north. He kind of extends his hand, almost as he puts it over his eyes, as if he's imagining some great mountain. And we shall see beyond the wood and find this nameless tribe of raiders. And we shall see, in fact, indeed, whether Abigail is their leader or their prisoner. Serpentius concludes. You hear Dr. James Coventry clearing his throat the entire time, the entire time during the conversation, but he doesn't <laughs> pipe up. Of course, with your leave, Osbert. I mean, I'm sorry, I should, I should defer leadership to you. Yes. When he says that, it's almost like you can imagine like your grandmother pinching your cheek. That's the sting that his words has in it, the, the incredulity that he exhibits in his, with his, his mid-meaning is clear. His words, he does not use the words with the meaning as clear to you, Osbert. I sit there loading my long right musket. Shame. Shame. You'll own your spurs one day, young Osbert. He pats you on the shoulder. I have you know that the men in the north consider all of us thanes. We, we stole the moss from among its roots. We took it back. I, I know I was there. Yeah. I mean, I was blind most of that time, but it was fine. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I saw, I, I witnessed the endeavors, and I'm sure what the North people believe about you and your titles and will be honored widely by the people of the North. I see no torque around your neck, no crown up on your head, no spurs upon your boots. <laughs> As if anyone cares for such things these days. I mean, the Green John himself barely bothers to wear his own. It's about whether you have the will to take the power. Yes, that's a very good insight. So if we are to range north, what preparation should we make? If Aaron Aaron right, it's at least a week. We know that. Well, uh, we better get started then. Yeah. So you begin with provisioning, and you'll how many how many days of provisions do each of you want to take? Mm. As much as I can carry. Let's see. Well, we have some horses, or no, we don't have horses anymore, do we? I mean, you do. I'll okay. be fine with a couple handfuls of oats, but you guys. Hmm. <laughs> I think I might be okay with something like that too. I'm kind of a self-reliant sort. I mean, I have magic, but yeah, okay. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think I'll be bringing food. <laughs> I'll be bringing food just because I assume you guys will need it. Yeah, I'm, I'm bringing food. <laughs> I'm going to bring uh, two extra days or two extra people's worth of rations. How many days journey is it? At least a week. A week? Okay. So the week yeah. there, week back, which would mean I'd probably be bringing about 17 rations. That's a lot of rations. 
Yeah. Remember, a lot of one encumbrance per. I have a horse. <laughs> a horse carries provisions. Yeah, you'll be heavily provisioned at that point. Uh, I'm going to go with 16. Okay. And uh, we all have horses? Yes. I suppose I could strap it on Hobbs. <laughs> Put it on Hobbs, he's going to eat it. <laughs> Yeah. He's trained. He's been trained. Silly old bear. <laughs> <laughs> so your bear is not a pack animal. So just to be clear, um, you can't pack your animal down with foodstuffs. I could train him to wear a backpack. <laughs> tell him to wear. Tell him. <laughs> yeah, backpack will carry about a couple three. days of provision. Yeah. Three. <laughs> three days provision. Three days provision. Bear is a backpack. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bears. That was um, a joke. Bears. That was a joke. That's a bear pack. Actually, it's a backpack from a child that looks like a bear strapped around a bear. Yeah. <laughs> like a novelty backpack. Yeah, he wears it on his front. It looks like That's a papoose. Right. Yeah, it's like a papoose, like a bear holding onto a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you do have horses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely being kept on the horse. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else besides provisions you think you would need to bring with you? Uh, that tent? That's it's right. That big tent, yeah. yeah. My tent, yeah. That's right. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Let me yawn. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that, no, big that was me. Yeah, it's contagious. I think Nick is doing it now, too, aren't you? Are you not mm-hmm. yawning in your mouth yet? And are you in your hand? Yeah. I'm biting my lip to try to not. Uh, <laughs> I will say, um, anecdotally, that um, this behavior I noticed with both my young children started around six months. I can give them a yawn if I yawned because it is a contagious thing. Um, Brains are weird. Um, Anywho, uh, yeah, so you provision up, you bring your tent, any last final preparations you wish to make before you strike out? Mm. Going, going, gone, no. Did we? uh, Well, no, we wouldn't. Never mind. What was the question? I'm sorry. Um, I was thinking, might might there be something we could have an abundance of that could be like a small trade item to take with in case we run into people, but not really. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not really a lot of stuff to trade. Um, yeah, we're just point. starting out, so yeah, that yeah, that you don't really have any artisans at this point in your community. Um, which is something that I would be looking for is something that could become our main trade focus. Yeah. So if you, we uh, found like a really good glass blower or something, I'd be like, move your shop here. You know? That's right. Yeah. Most of what you're going to find in the North, um, unsurprisingly, are herders. Um, specialty trades folk are, are tough to find. You would have to probably conscript them from old Grahlstead because old Grahlstead has... Any any specialty trades person has already been attracted to that community, so uh, somebody in that role would be very very rare and very very um, valuable. Wasn't Stonehold known for its uh, ores? Was at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was why well, it was called Stonehold. Uh, Stonehold actually sits near um, an old iron vein um, <laughs> that uh, was not well mined. Um, was turned into steel, Dottenthorn steel, which Dottenthorn was to be steel. it was yeah, it was to become the the trade, the 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 thing of trade here out of Stonehold. But by the time that the operation got up and running, was when the the 
the White Wolf and the Torque Lords, crazy band name, um, came south. Stin and the Horse Traders. Uh, <laughs> the White Wolf and the and the Torque Lords had gathered and besieged Stonehold because um, it was the Aridane holding in the north. They crushed the colony that had established itself here. So um, it's still largely untapped. Should you find the right people for it, it'll be valuable at some point. But um, yeah, I mean, to, back to, to, to Kay's comment. Um, yeah, so at this point, there's not really much to trade. Um, the ground is still pretty, it's not very arable, just in general. Um, but a lot of herders around here, that's for sure. It's the north. Shallow soil, lots of rough, twisted grasses and brush. A lot of limestone underneath the earth. Not quite like, don't like, don't think about like Missouri limestone, but more like, um, like foothills sort of terrain. It's what Stonehold feels like. It's a lot of low foothills that kind of eventually kind of ladder up to the Horn Society and the Horn Society's foothills stretch out at least three days. The actual fertile valleys um, are more toward the north of where you're at. And typically where you see like those, those large pine trees growing, like the Rukenval in the south. And then apparently someplace in the north you haven't heard of yet, but it's where the nameless were seen. Um, anything else you think would be important to do before you go? No? No, 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 no. Cool. Well, I think, uh, so knowing it's going to be a little bit of a trek, I think we're probably going to stake out um, travel, probably, probably travel rules. Just, I think we'll use overland travel just because it seems to make sense for this. Um, Cause it's not a, it's not a short stretch by any means. Um, it's going, I think probably it's going to be a medium stretch uh, and it'll be, you know, it'll be uh, between here and the North. It'll be basically here to the forest um, that you heard about up week North. So um, to who wants to lead the, who wants to lead the expedition? Who wants to be the trailblazer? Or this is a folklore navigation test for the trailblazer. I can do it with folklore. Okay. Who will be our um, who will be our quartermaster? Who's gonna keep the food stuffs? It's healer survival. Uh, I think normally I'll handle that. Okay, so we'll pass that on to Calvin as our quartermaster. Quartermaster, what's wrong with me, Gina? <laughs> Um, and then finally, let's go to our scout. Uh, so awareness of survival. Who's gonna Who's gonna watch the roads and set the watch? It's awareness and or stealth. Uh, I'll do that then. Osbert. Okay. I'll go ahead and assist uh, Calvin. Okay. See so you an assist to the to the quartermaster. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, um, cue up. Skyrim travel music. Uh, we will come back in just a few moments for our listeners. We'll be right back in just a few moments for us. We'll take a quick 15 minute break and I'll see you all in just a few. Sorry, 10 minute break. My apologies. All right. Okay. Okay. And we're, we're back for uh, desperation point and we were just about to jump into a little bit of overland travel. And this would be the point where I'd cue up the great epic music um, because we're not doing this on Twitch because we can run whatever we want um, but I'm not looping music into this by any means um, if we're on Twitch we'd be fucked 
because everything's getting DMCA'd. Although I, I did hear uh, that Cyberpunk announced that they're doing a DM uh, a Twitch mode for their game where you can actually turn off the music. There's actually a bunch of games that have that now. Smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, smart on their part, not smart on Twitch's part. They need to f- solve that, but hell, maybe Twitch will acquire Spotify or vice versa. Who knows? Um, then the problem will be solved. <laughs> but um, as for now, imagine this grand orchestral strings rising as you leave Stonehold in your wake as it shrinks beyond the hills and you strike out into the summer lands of the north. It's probably you would guess maybe in the mid 60s. If you can imagine like Seattle, right? Rainy, wet, muddy trees, uh, the, the pine trees kind of bristling in the wind. Um, pine needles all along the, the floor, the, the forest. As you're moving through this small kind of collection of trees near Stonehold and eventually break out into the wider rolling foothills um, of the Horn Society. You, you, you leave Stonehold and, and civilization behind. Um, and um, we'll begin first uh, as you're going into somewhat unknown territory. Um, we need our trailblazer to kind of set the tempo of the journey. Um, this is uh, getting getting there is not going to be easy. Um, in fact, Aaron and Aaron are pretty; they're very skilled um, rangers of a sort. Um, you all are not, um, which un- unfortunately, because <laughs> you're kind of going into unknown territory, this is actually hard terrain. Um, yikes. So it's not going to be an, an easy, an easy travel by any means to the north. So we're going to see, we're going to see what happens though. Um, so the first thing we're going to need to do is to have the trailblazer, uh, who is um, Keegan. Kay has has volunteered for that role. Uh, we need you to make either a hard folklore or a hard navigation. Please Definitely going things. with folklore. Please and thank you. I know these lands. I'm not sure I re-roll on that just since I set the tempo on this. So Okay. Uh, so I'll take a coin. That means I have um, three coins and you have two remaining. Missed it by one. Oh, the music swells and dies. I'm just kidding. Um, So because the trailblazer has failed their test, it basically means that the road grows rougher. (laughs) So it grows worse by one step negatively. So now instead of hard terrain, your path that there will be arduous terrain. Welcome, guys. Sorry. Um, And obviously in the middle of all of this, um, everyone needs to make an arduous survival or toughness test to withstand the rigor of the road. The rigor of the of the, of the uh, travel survival. Oh, six success. Nice. What's the survival? Oh, there it is. Forty-five. Is a DM, Sammy, bro? Um. Arduous. Wow. 15%. I rolled 60, so that's a failure. You got two coins left. 
I'll take it. I'll take the punishment. Yeah, I failed as well. Okay. <laughs> what about yourself, Collinsworth? 18 success. Nice. Okay. So, Super Reading um, Brothers. Super Reading Brothers. Do, 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 do. Everybody else suffers. Ah, oh, 15 physical peril. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, your travel up, up, up through the north is not going so hot, and you're not even there yet. Um, we need our quartermaster, though, to keep ensure that everyone's well rested along the path. Make sure you're 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 not. Make sure as Keegan is taking you off road and getting a little bit lost that you're still managing to ration your provisions. Um, so uh, our quartermaster, along with their assistant, who I believe is Calvin and Collinsworth, um, it's an arduous heal or survival which will you choose calvin we're gonna choose survival we'll have a 26 percent chance i'll roll my dice and roll a 24 would you roll adam six six? Six? all right well then i'll keep my 24 oh nice um so the good thing is is that on your travels north you only consume a day's worth of provisions for each day of the trip um, so you actually won't be eating more than what you would. Because if you would have failed that, every character eats two days of provisions for each day of the trip. Could have been really bad. Um, so that's good that you're actually not over-consuming or need to make camp to go hunting. Um, because this is a medium stretch, we need to make our next endure check. Uh, it's an arduous toughness or survival. 18, I succeed. Out of 30. Nice. What about everybody else? What did you end up with? Oh, no. Collinsworth. <laughs> I rolled a seven. That's actually in. Nice. Oh, nice. So is this a test to resist the effects of physical peril? Oh, yes. Okay, then I always succeed. Nice. I am a weather-worn Midlander. Oh, nice. What's that do? Uh, you always succeed at skill tests to resist the effects of physical peril. In addition, you never suffer from starvation. Nice. It's great. Oh, nice. So you don't need to eat at all. Nope. Well, the, I'm being silly. <laughs> yeah, you never have to eat whatsoever. Um, just out of curiosity, what is that tied to? Is that a professional trait? Is that a that is, or nomad, right? That is the nomad. Uh, That's like, okay. Cool. Yep. You still have to eat. You just don't suffer from. Right. Yeah. You still have to eat yeah. something. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't have to eat anything. Rules um, is written. He doesn't just suffer from starvation. So. Right, so basically, the assumption is that you always find something to eat, enough to eat to survive at least. So you never have to bring provisions in that case. Um, so uh, who? We had failures though. Is that right? Oh, Collins Collinsworth. Collins were. Oh God! That's <laughs> another fourteen physical peril. Mm. Oh, uh, oof. <laughs> rough, rough going, y'all. Um. The uh, the 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 good thing um, is that the hard part's over, <laughs> if you can believe that, um, because there's only one skill test that re- remains at this point, um, <laughs> uh, and that is our scouts test. 
um, our scout needs to make an arduous awareness or stealth test. So that's going to be a 40% chance to succeed. I actually found real dice during the break. Nice. Oh. I love real dice. Real and I rolled a 17, so that's a success. Whoa! That's great. Okay. Um, well, with that final test, um, you're actually going to reduce the threat level on the way to the north um, as you're traveling. So um, some time is going to pass. Um and during this time, uh, I'll just kind of narrate what happens. Um, eventually, you pass through, you pass kind of, you skirt the, the Horn Society for some number of days to your east. And every day the sun rises in the, the east beyond the mountains and sets in the west. So it kind of casts this beautiful kind of pink purple light in the morning beyond the Horn Society, almost looking like bloody fangs. Um, as it sets in the west and kind of begins to take up on a nimbus sort of a pale gray hue as the peaks of these twisted mountains kind of pierce the iron steel sky overhead. And it seems like uh, for a couple days, it seems to rain kind of just not rain, but just sprinkle nonstop. Like those big droplets, it's kind of like a wet mist. It's like being so close to the mountains, not, not surprising there at all. And the foothills grow rougher and rougher until finally you break away from them. And then you end up going through this weird upland uh, of like almost like these stony shelves of rock. And it gives way to these tall soaring pine trees that, that seem impossibly tall, like this old pine wood forest um, where your footfalls and everything else are kind of muffled beneath, you know, years upon years upon years of pine needles that have fallen and produce this soft kind of loamy rich kind of soil underneath of it. Um, and at times it becomes difficult to see more than, you know, a stone's throw away because the trees are not thick. They just grow tall and broad. Um, and there's no undergrowth, obviously here. It's just, you're kind of moving between it. And there's actually spots here in the wood where there's still just a little bit of snow um, to be found uh between the trees or beneath the beneath the the uh, foliage and um as you're passing through here uh who was our scout i'm sorry it was osbert if i'm not mistaken uh, yeah osbert yeah osbert as you're kind of heading along this is when you start to notice um that there are a multitude of tracks through this wood um some great party of animals and people have moved through this wood um in fact when you find the first remnants of campfires um when you count them out there's probably kind of just small ringlets easily in excess of, excess of 20 um it certainly proves out that uh, aaron's ranging it, it proves out his numbers were probably correct um, at least at least 40 people pass through here, at least, judging by the number of fires. Um, and the you can see these broad kind of U-shaped hoof marks all over, obviously from these great elk that the Nameless rode through here. As you're passing through, and the whole place seems foreign and dangerous, um, even more so than when you pass through the horned society because at least in the horned society you could see you know half a mile out down into the valley um but here everything seems to be obscured 
um, by by the the tall soaring pine trees that kind of rattle and bristle at the wind. Fortunately, which is good for you all because the wind isn't like keeping you cold, but it's a lot of shadow or a lot of a lot of shade throughout here. So at times it's hard to see the sky overhead. All you can see is those tall, you know, pine wood trees kind of piercing the sky over above. Um, a few large carrion birds had started following you a few days ago um, as you were leaving some foodstuffs in your wake. Um, it's made it's made um, Hobbs a bit nervous, made you all a bit nervous, um, and you've smelled something dead out in the woods. Um, you haven't seen it yet, but there's something dead out here. Um, or maybe there's multiple dead animals that the people that the raiders had left behind, basically remnants of their camps and such. But there's carrion birds kind of all over in the skies. These big, black, oily, feathered, soaring birds, these raptors that seem to follow along with you as if perhaps some herald of some doom to befall you. Um, and the air is frigid and cold as you're heading further up and up and up, but you can't really see mountains in front of you. It just seems to be like you're constantly trudging through this upland that continues to ascend slowly yet at enough of an, enough of an elevation where it becomes rough, even for the horses where you have to hop on foot and actually lead them through certain parts of the wood. Um, but it, the wood seems almost impenetrable. And the only reason you know where to go is because this great raiding party left such a great birth in the wood. Um, you, not all of you see these foot, these hood, hoof prints, hundreds upon hundreds of hoof prints um, of these, this great herd of elk that basically passed through here. It's impossible to miss them. Um, and it makes you all a little bit nervous. So um, <clears throat> this place, however, would have been uh, moderately dangerous. However, our scout succeeded their skill test is actually only mildly dangerous because you're, <coughs> excuse me, because you're being careful and cautious where you're going. Um, you know, Osbert has their eyes peeled. Um, all of you feel like, even though you've kind of got turned around a couple times due to Keegan, you've kept the foodstuffs up. Um, obviously, this is just rough, rough going for, for Collinsworth. But overall, um, you know, almost a week has passed. Um, we're going to see if anything happens during this week. Uh, Osborne, I'd like you to roll a uh, 1d6 chaos dire. Okay. And there's a six. Well, well, <laughs> well. Well, it was bound to happen at some point. Uh, and what, what a better place for it to happen than here. Um, because, you know, it's the way it goes. It's um, the best result. It, the, the, the random result was the best result. Um, yeah, so uh, one thing I, I have not prepared, but one thing I have done um, is I have a number, a series of random encounter tables that, um, that I uh, have always at the ready. <laughs> so if you would, our scout, Osbert, I'd like for you to roll percentiles, please. Okay, here goes. And that's an eight. Ooh. Okay. Pretty good roll, I think. <clears throat> well, as you're moving through 
the forest, the in, 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 in this kind of darker part of the wood, like the trees seem to grow almost violently tall, like as their branches stretch between one another, spider webbing, intermingling almost, as the forest grows dark and almost impenetrable. You see, just upon the edge, and you know you must go this way, you see this very, very small shack. And outside the shack, you can see this man wearing dark clothing, and he's holding a hoe in his hand. And not far from him is this woman in this long dress with these um, four children clinging to her, to her skirt ends um, upon your approach. And uh, he can see you. They can all see you and you see them. Um, and uh, he, he kind of he, he gives you a strange look and starts to kind of double back toward his family holding the hoe in hand. He doesn't seem to be armed, save for that. But they're wearing these very simple, almost dark black clothes, nondescript, almost austere in a sense. Her hair is pulled up uh, in a bonnet. And she has this white apron that's kind of dirty and, you know, from, from whatever, over her, over from her chest to her waist, over her black dress. And he is wearing this um, surcoat uh, that's fastened with these black buttons um, and these very tall black boots that are covered in muck and mud. And around his neck, you can see this um, symbol um, of a symbol of the covenant. It's a uh, the symbol of the covenant of your faith of the Airedale faith. He's he's he kind of holds his children behind him with his arm, holding the hoe in the other hand, and he's probably about twenty yards out at this point. I stop and offer a greeting. Hello there, stranger. Nice to meet someone along along this lonely path. And I, I introduce myself. I'm Osper. And this is my group, and pause to let them introduce themselves in kind. Hello, name's Collinsworth. Keegan, nice to meet you. He, um... One second here, I'm writing down some quick names. My apologies. He he kind of he looks toward you curiously, um, and and um, he he says. Uh, I thought the with I thought the with those who wrote up on the elk, the nameless, he speaks pl- plainly in in the Aradane language. No, we're we're Aradane, just like you. Making our way. You you saw them come through? I I did. He did- he says did they molest? Did they molest you or your family? He looks to his his wife and um, he says, "Calm thyself, obedience." As he speaks to her, 
My name is Joseph Hardworker. Day. Sorry, Joseph Goodwork. My apologies. This is my family. He points out the children. This is Samuel, Miracle, Charity, Hannah, and my wife, Obedience. Pleasure to make your acquaintances. Only if it was a pleasurable day, he says. He has a dark look on his face. I, I, I look, I survey the, the apparent weather around the area and say, doesn't seem so bad. It could be worse. Skies do, in fact, seem clear. Um, the land here seems somewhat arable, although the farm that Joseph Goodwork and his wife Obedience um, maintain are, is meager at best. His, um, his wife averts her eyes and his, his young children, Samuel, Miracle, Charity, and Hannah um, are kind of just kind of like orbiting around her, but they're minding their tongues. Indeed, we saw the, we saw the, the nameless pass through, but dark days for us, he said, looking down. What, what, what threatens your, your fine farm here? We live very simple lives, far away from the torqued lords, he says. We know that they still, that they still roam about in their armies. As he says this, it almost seems like they've been so out of touch with the people in the north that they don't really know what's happening, maybe by choice. But he, he goes on to say that we are in distress. We have prayed for days since our child was taken, since Emmanuel went missing. You say Emmanuel was taken? Aye. Was spirited away by the devil's wolf. The devil's, the devil's wolf. He nods. Uh, is this a person with the name of the devil's wolf? He says, No, the black goat, the crouching one, the devil. The crouching one His, manifested and took your child. I, the black goat, took the child as punishment. Hmm. He looks to the children. We are in distress. We have prayed for forgiveness. But the crouching one, his servant, the devil's wolf, has not returned Emmanuel to us. Do you know and are you sure it was um, like, did you see it happen? Well, the children uh, speaks up and says, no, no miracle. Miracle was been consorting with the, with the crowd, with the black goat. Miracle has been consorting with the dark one in the woods. And then Joseph Goodwork says, mind your tongue, mind your tongue, Hannah. Miracle is the name of your missing child. He looks curiously. Uh, she says, "My sister's name is Miracle." The little one says as she points toward the oldest of the of the four children. So, 
miracle you're you were talking with the goat and did you did you sell your sibling to the goat nay of course not i am i am a believer in the covenant of course i would do no such thing hannah hannah's mind wanders because she's only five she's she's touched she's touched i tell you she points her finger at hannah the youngest of them all who must be five years old at best i am not hannah says the other two children one young boy and one young girl who appear to be twins kind of are are clutching closer to their mother's to their mother's dress to obedience's dress and Joseph Goodwork looks like he's kind of had, he's not sure what to do about all this. What do you make of this, Calvin? <laughs> Sorry, Keegan, you, you look like you had something to say. Oh, I was just going to ask what leads you to believe, other than a five-year-old spouting things out, that it's possible some kind of devil took this child. Are you asking somebody about that? I don't understand. Yeah, what you're he was just kind of asking in general with the family. Joseph Goodwork <laughs> says, "Hannah is she is only five. She knows aught of anything in this world." And Miracle, the oldest sister, agrees. I know what I saw. Hannah says as she points her finger once again at Miracle, the older sister. I saw her talking to the black goat in the woods. I know that's why the, I know that's why they took that's why they why they took Emmanuel. I know it. I know it. Hannah says over and over. Obedience. The the wife finally says, "Settle down, child." And she comes mm-hmm. down upon her knees and tries to calm Hannah. Mm-hmm. Would I know of anything of the the crouching one? Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll a folklore test. This test will be challenging. Can I assist maybe discussing with him things about him? Sure. Mm, crouching one. Hmm. Challenging be 46. Dice roll. All right. Hopefully you have a good roll for me because I rolled a 97. Uh, five. So 57. And I had a 49, so, or no, uh, 46, so mm. fail. You discuss it among yourselves, and really the only thing you can intuit at this point is it's some sort of alliteration for some being they view as being a devil. That's <laughs> the best term you could possibly think of or a demon, which seems mm. maybe far-fetched or maybe just alliterative. You're not really sure, but... That's all you can really intuit about this crouching one. Mm. We've seen statues erected to strange deities further south. Perhaps that has some merit, but we couldn't say. Good Osbert, forgive me. Deities, nay, but demons, yes. Demons. The crouching one, he says. There are altars all throughout the north of them. These Dunmen, he says, almost spitting the word out of his mouth as if he had chewed upon a peppercorn. These Dunmen, 
or devil worshippers, one and all. We have seen these statues in the forest before. This is why we do not go deeper within. He points toward the dark forest. So, are we sure it wasn't the Dunman who took the child? Nay, no Dunman here. No Dunman to be found. This is why we chose this land. When we chose to, to lay down roots near the wood, my wife Obedience and I, because we knew the Dunman would not come here. How long, how long has the child been missing? A fortnight. My goodness. Miracle says, the oldest sister. So Keegan tried to think again and remembered he actually gets two dice because he's a valet and was reminded by Mike uh, of that assist dice. Oh, nice. So uh, I actually got a one. So that will give him success. Nice. 17. Okay. Nice. So hearing more, Keegan remembers. <laughs> yeah. The, the, so the, what you know, the Calvin, the crouching ones, the crouching one is some, is in fact a, an older god of a sort, mm-hmm. you could say. Um, that doesn't exist in some lofty realm of clouds or below the earth locked behind iron gates, but is a term for <clears throat> a creature um, that that wanders the north um, and, haunt, ten, and tends to haunt and taunt, tends to haunt those who have who have done wrong to the land. Okay. Hmm. So an old god. Yes, an old god. Yeah. Then I'll mention that to Keegan so that way, yeah, she can like she Yeah, or he yeah, sorry. (laughs) I was looking at Kay and I said she. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But um yeah, so I I'll say this to the the rest of them like this is what I know of. Um the crouching one. So not of the covenant. But um hmm. Hmm. child been a five year old child gone for a fortnight. Hmm. Perhaps we can we can pause our journey for a for a moment and at least spend spend some time helping this man and his family. Mm. So, well, I was going to say, if we are to believe the young one that's spouting off about this demon, they would have seen that maybe they have done some kind of affront we should know of. I'm not here to point any fingers. I'm here to, we're here to try, you know, find this child. See, see if we can go to our last known whereabouts and work from there. Say it'd be the best thing to do. The super tracking brothers could be on us. But um, we can give it a try, but we can promise nothing. But perhaps, uh, perhaps you'd be better off in lands outside of the reach of the crouching one. If, uh, if this old God is the one that has taken your daughter or son or whoever, your child, Um, perhaps you'd find better, um, a better place in Stonehold. He looks curiously. We'd laid roots down here for nearly 13 years before when, when obedience was, was gravid with miracle. 
was gravid with child and miracle was born, he goes on to say. Hmm. It's only a suggestion. A... Place with Aridane folk. Hmm? And recently... The Torque Lords have been swept away from the southern southern areas around the, those parts. You, you seem to be a man of the faith and strong in the faith. This is true, correct? As any man would certainly be, he says, kind of trailing off for a moment, leaving a pregnant pause at the end of his his words as he's not really sure what you're leading toward. Art thou not are, religious? Of course, who isn't? But there are some that are, that believe in in the, they walk the walk as well as talk the talk. Um, some more so than others. Some run. You seem you seem like a sprinter in this analogy. Mm, he says, kind of nodding. And uh, for we, we have many who walk the long road, but we don't have many who who are, are able to continually remind us of the, the works of the source, the, the uh, scriptures and whatnot. He, we, could use, we could use someone of faith in our, in our uh, settlement, as well as someone who can tend to crops and such. He, he looks... What? Maybe he he says, but our concerns are more immediate. Sure. You you mentioned that you could help us. John says, Joseph says. Well, of course, of course. Um, we simply seek to make sure that this doesn't happen again. I, uh, Let us rectify, right? Let's not get the cart before the horse. Let's let's see to finding this child or. What, what can be known of the situation at least and then return to this matter later. Yes, forgive me. Seems, seems in bad taste to talk of such things when there are more pressing issues. Alright, well. Do you have anything of the uh, the child's? So that way uh, they will know that uh, we are friendly. He He turns to his wife and Obedience says, <clears throat> Manuel was small. She says, we had made her this dolly. She kind of reaches into her, um, into her dress pockets and produces a small kind of stuffed, almost like the size of like a potato, like a small like um, sack that's basically tied off to look like a doll. Mm. It's been sewn with buttons. And bits of fur upon its hands look like a tiny little bear. Like it's small. It's smaller than your palm. <laughs> Does it look like Hobbs? No. Maybe. Sure, why not? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Who will take Emmanuel's dolly? Or uh, Keegan can. Okay. I guess. Yeah. And Joseph, where did where did you last see your child? Emmanuel was in her was in her bassinet, of course. 
she says. He says, I laid my head down to rest and obedience was seen to suckling the babe. This doll, has it been, where has it been in the week, uh, two weeks that the child has been missing? Miracle says, I found it in the woods, she says. See, I told you, Hannah speaks up, the five-year-old. She's consorting with the black goat. I just know it. The two twins, Samuel and Charity, kind of look astonished. They look just alike. You wouldn't even know one was a girl and one was a boy unless you looked hard enough. But Mm. they don't seem to speak up whenever Hannah and Miracle are kind of bickering. Well, I'll have you know. You see off in the distance over there, as I point to Hobbs, Mm-hmm. A bear has a much better nose than a dog. But it was near the water, Miracle says. What? It was at the riverbank. Okay. Of a creek. What does that have to do with it? She lowers her head. Uh, so, uh, uh, no, like, w- why, why would you say that it was near Riverbank when I'm talking about a bear's nose? I, I, uh, forgive me. Um, I'm just trying to understand. Uh, she says, you need to get it out of her because she's clearly holding something back. She's clearly, yeah. Miracle is clearly not telling the whole truth, at least at this point. So Keegan walks over holding the um, doll and he kind of leans down and, you know, gets down on his, it, like, you know, crouches down. Yeah. <laughs> Where to me? <laughs> Where is it? No. Um, Where is the doll? Where is the baby? <laughs> so but he, he holds the doll and he kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like cradles the doll in his hands, like reaching it out towards Miracle and he goes, if we want to find him, you have to tell us the truth of what happened. You, you mean and, Hannah, the, the five-year-old, or, or Miracle? No, Emmanuel. I'm oh, sorry, Emmanuel's a girl. So, right. to be clear... Emmanuel, no, I'm talking to Miracle, the one that found the doll, right? Because Miracle's yeah, the, the one that the said... Older, so Miracle's the eldest sister. She's yeah. 13, and she's the one who found the doll. Yeah. Right, he's going to crouch down a little bit so he's on mm-hmm. her level. Because I assume yeah. a 13-year-old's still not as tall as he is. Sure, and yeah. He's going to, you know, kind of implore and, and do the whole, you know, uh, I, I, I want to find your sibling and I can't do it if you don't tell us everything. All and, right. We want to use to convince Miracle. Uh, Intimidate. Yeah. Guile. <laughs> no, um, I think uh, I, I would like to kind of lighten the mood with a, a little uh, gestury. Uh, type of slapstick routine and see if I can get her to, uh, you know, I'm doing charm. Yeah. Keegan, you're charming. Yeah. Uh, Osbert, you need to roll a, you need to roll your frippery. You need to roll a gal test and flip the results to fail. Okay. Let's <laughs> see uh, if this counters Keegan's uh, attend. And by the way, that's a, that's a, that's a standard test for you, Osbert. Okay. So that will be a 55% chance to succeed. <laughs> And a 25 turns into 52, which is still a success. Yeah. All the frippery certainly uh, makes Charity and Hannah feel 
which it makes the twins feel a little bit more at ease, but it does little but darken um, Joseph in obedience's mood as you gain <laughs> one conflict. <laughs> um, but it will add an assist die to Keegan's test. <laughs> okay. um, what social class are they? I would assume not burger. Lowborn. All right. So then I'm going to use my um, cor- uh, my sorry, not carousing. I'm not drunk. Silver tongue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take a shot and then I'm going to uh, use my silver hi, tongue. Hey, hi guys. Um, yeah. You see, um, we, we need a person of the faith. <laughs> Uh, I'm yeah. talking to children. Hey, what's Link. up, guys? What's up, kids? Uh, yeah, Hi, so, kids. Yeah, so your no. test will be uh, routine. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So routine. Oh, sorry, get... you're different. You're different social class. It's standard. My apologies. Okay. Uh, I get the plus twenty though because it's silver tongues. Mm. So and we're doing charm. Silver tongues of a different social class, right? Right, and I'm a burger. That's right. I'm a burger. Good hamburger. Burger, uh, that is a crit success for the twenty-two. Nice. She so miracle kind of finally she kind of stammers for a bit, and Joseph kind of his mood is dark, um, and obedience is not enthusiastic about any of this. But um, she kind of adverts her eyes and starts to begin to tell you the story, and she says, um, "As I was on the." the edge of the, the lake, I glanced outward to take in a strange monument that was built in the middle of this island. And staring back at me was a thing of such monstrous size, folding wings like an angel, a leering snout and claws where it was fastened to the lip of the monument. It looked as if the stone thing was carved from from it as if it was made from rock or stone and i confess as i looked upon its handiwork i was forced to imagine i've been wrought by deviltry and brought to this place by people even older than the dunish what's more i could have sworn its eyes were watching me as i walked the area and picked up the dolly and she her eyes are starting to well up with tears i came back quickly knowing that darkness was coming and I took I took my punishment from my father for it where was this place twas near this was twas near a river or a lake or a pond of, of a sort she says Joseph he he says, he tells Miracle, he says something along the lines of, you were late that night. Nihanna says, I saw her with the black goat. I saw her with the witch. She talked to it, Hannah says. The witch? Miracle says, Hannah, mind your tongue. You don't know what you're talking about. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. Hannah, the the five-year-old says over and over and over. And then suddenly she falls to the ground and her body is writhing. And Joseph Goodwork says, fetch a stick, obedience. Get a stick. Quick, he says. 
Uh, is this normal? You're saying this as clearly Hannah is having some sort of strange fit. As she's screaming at the top of her lungs, Samuel and Charity, the two twins, are clinging even closer to their obedience's uh, robes, or sorry, um, dress, as she's frantically looking around for a stick on the ground, and Joseph Goodwork has got his hand actually in, 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 in Hannah's mouth as Hannah's biting down upon his hand. Well, I'm going to look for a stick. You can see yeah, blood. look for a stick. You can see blood drawn. Um, this is all happening, and you can't seem to find a stick, but um, but you manage to find a belt that you produce from your waist. And as you give it to Joseph, he manages to pull his hand free from young Hannah's mouth as she's frothing, and his hand is covered in blood, and he sticks the belt into her mouth so she doesn't bite her tongue off as she's clearly having some sort of He's, he he as, as as she's throttling on the ground, Joseph. He says that she, Hannah has these religious fits. It's 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 her temperament. He says as uh, the child is throttling and slowly starting to calm down, her eyes rolling back on her head. This is probably not the first time this has happened, but still, it's a frightening experience for all of you. You all need to make a standard resolve test to withstand stress. Yeah. She's possessed. Twenty-two critical success. Nice. Sit standard. Success. Critical success. Nice. nice. <laughs> critical failure. Well, <laughs> 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 success. You had to even out, didn't you? It's right. So, well, uh, whenever you're, whenever you are, um, normally, whenever you're withstanding horror. Uh, there are withstand horror test, which is basically stress, fear, or terror. Typically, a critical success would allow you to comfort somebody who failed. Um, but a crit failure is a crit failure. <laughs> so, um, upon this kind of grim realization for Collinsworth, which for those of you, obviously, nobody can see what's happening, but Adam's face, I think, was just kind of caught in arrest when he was <laughs> describing what's happening. Um, so, um not only does does Collinsworth fail uh his skill test to withstand horror, which results um in um boosh, eight mental peril and three conflict, um he also suffers from despair. And whenever you suffer from despair, um you were so incredibly horrified by what's happening. You get to kind of choose how you wish to respond. That's right. Do you think your character would fawn? Do you think they would fight? Do you think that they would take flight or do you think they would freeze? No, he's going to freeze. Yeah. So yeah. to give you an idea what, what this, what this means is whenever you suffer from where you could fail, you basically suffer from, you pick one of these situations and whenever you freeze, you're kind of like, frozen with you kind of withdraw and attempt to avoid people you struggle to make decisions preferring inaction and avoidance which is often mistaken for laziness or boredom whatever it may be but um while you were frozen uh you can flip the results succeed i'll defend and i'll i'll dodge and parry test until you escape from the source of horror <laughs> but every time you take advantage of a, 
if, if this is a situation where you were in like confrontation, you would gain three conflict every time and mental peril every time you take advantage of it. So um, for now, it's just three conflict and your peril that you're suffering peril. But clearly, like Collinsworth is frozen in horror um, at all of this. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 young daughter Hannah is having is is having as Joseph Goodwork describes it a religious fit. Um, and eventually calms down with froth kind of trickling up the side of her mouth and obedience walk kind of comes up trying to soothe the child who is literally Hannah's only five years old <laughs> and miracle of course her tears are streaming down her face the 13 year old and the twins Samuel and Charity are not really sure they're just kind of clinging close to their mother and Joseph Goodwork is kind of like standing up and he says do you see what happens family do you see what happens when you tempt the crotching one? We deserve this. We have brought this on ourselves. I want to look around. Did we bring our doctor with us? No, James was not with you. I did not think so. No, <laughs> no you ch- nobody, nobody mentioned to bring. Yeah, him. now I think about that. I'm like, man, we should have brought our doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's a doctor. You wait on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. He's Dr. Octagon. I, I do have one rank of heal. Um, mm-hmm. I could try doing something. but Well, I mean, at this point, there's not much to do, given that her fit is kind of passed. Um, it's not like she needs to be healed by any means. But I think at one skill of heal would certainly lend some insight here. She's, she's clearly has some sort of affliction. He just don't know what it is. Um, could be religious, could be physiological, but re- remember, once again, our modern minds would immediately go to, oh, this person is having, you know, like a seizure. But we as characters don't know that. We as mm-hmm. characters would fully believe that the situation Joseph described could very well be the truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Particularly as Miracle is talking about some monster made a stone in the middle of a lake taking away a babe from its crib and Hannah, a five-year-old describing her sister miracle speaking with the witch of the woods and the black goat. So that I think we, it's for another time, but that has something else. Uh, so this doll though, uh, you know, uh, after a while he finally kind of snaps out of it. Uh, the bear, I was talking about the bear real quickly. Um, you were still in the situation. Oh, okay. So you were still frozen in terror and in horror, I should say. Yeah, right. until you leave the situation, you will continue to suffer from despair. Okay. Uh, but that despair. still doesn't mean that he can't talk, right? Well, well, someone who is frozen in terror probably would not be having rational conversations, I think is the best way to think about this. Okay. Rational conversations, I should say. Uh, I let let's just 
take the doll and maybe move along now <laughs> towards this lake and see where we can go from there. Yes, let's. Keegan is going to do like a quick little check on the girl to see if there's anything he can do. I mean, obviously, like not religiously, he's not trained in that, but physically, if there's some kind of comfort he can offer or something. I mean, truly, there's not much that can, can be done, save for, you know, you run your hair, hand through Hannah's hair, and she's clearly like unconscious at this point, um, taken by um this this situation coincidentally uh another quick aside that's un, not really related to the narrative um anytime that you live through a situation or face down a creature or such situ- a situation that triggers stress fear or terror you have a choice to become hardened to it so this is a this is a critical choice you would make like you could say okay my character that uh, suffered i'll give you an example so my character is collinsworth collinsworth witnessed this really horrible conniption that this child suffered suffered and it kind of triggered like this despair response so i think i want to become hardened to it so if it ever happens again like i won't have to make a test um you can do that um, and it becomes a keyword basically that you can use. That keyword is marked in your character sheet permanently, but in exchange, you, you mark one permanent flower or chaos rank in this case. So, um, as an example, like Adam may say, um, well, you know, in this situation where, you know, where somebody has like gone into arrest due to whatever, whatever reason it may be, you can say, yeah, I'm hard into those sort of things now. So you can avoid those skill tests. But once again, it's an exchange for a permanent flaw rank. Uh, although a permanent flooring sounds fun, um, I just uh, I think he's a bit too su- superstitious to really be hardened to that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Calvin will put a hand on his brother's shoulder and like tell him, "Come along now, brother. Let's let's move along." Uh, yes. Let's, let's search the wood. Yes. You you're taking the doll with you, is that correct? I believe so, yes. Yeah. So yeah, Keegan's so got it. Mm-hmm. Joseph stays with his family with Hannah and Miracle watches you as you leave. Um and you kind of leave away from the homestead. And you noticed before that um Miracle had pointed toward the dark woods. Mm-hmm where she had was within once she get away Phineas is like what blazes just happened who are these people what what madness is out here family in dire straits they brought the wrath that he states they have I don't know that we necessarily want to bring that back to Stonehold do you think Talk um, of yeah. Stone creatures on an island and devils and witches? Sir Phineas says. I mean I thought, I, thought I had my fill when we were in Swordgrave. I mean we saw that we saw the statues there, two two marking the path up the mountain. Maybe it's mm-hmm. one similar to the like. We saw ghosts in Stonehold. Let us not rule out anything in the north 
Oh, I, I have no doubt that this could be a real thing, but uh, once again, if this is something that follows them, maybe it not follow us back. Well, from oh. the story, it seemed that some, she took the doll and then the baby went missing. Right? Perhaps if we return this doll, we can find the baby. Let's let's investigate. Child's life is on the line. It's the right yes. thing to do. Well, we can use the doll. And we can have we can have Hobbs track yeah. the person using the doll. Alright. Yes. So you <clears throat> give the doll to Hobbs and his wet snout. <laughs> <laughs> He starts loping along through the wood. This big, broad paws. They're so cute. Um, hmm. He's grown a bit in the past three months. Um, he lopes along through this really dark forest. Um, like It's really hard to see the sun in here at times. Um, in the trees, the way that they seem to grow almost seems like as if they had grown as such to keep people from passing through. Unlike the rest of the Pinewood Forest, there's like this, these thickets that grow everywhere that seem to cling and stick and pull to your clothes, like these thorny bushes. And the forest almost seems to work against you um, as you're passing through. To make it through the forest and to, and to follow the smell, you're going to moving slowly, especially as Hobbs the bear is navigating carefully as you all must do i need you all to uh make challenging coordination tests let's see if you can make it through here unmolested so we roll challenging coordination tests please are rolling dice if you have them coordination 16 got it Six, six, six. Success. Nice. Well, Calvin. Calvin. 84. I fail. You have two coins left, just a heads up. I have three, you have two. So if you wish to use them, you can use them. It's up to you. I'll take a fail. It'll be my first or second of the night, I guess. All right. Well, um, this is going to sting. It's 1d10 plus 1 damage. Ignores armor. 5 damage. Mm. So if you got determination, in this case, um, ignore your determination modifier. Okay. I have a 6 brawn bonus. Nice. That's good. Well, um, about an hour or so later, as you've kind of navigated pretty deep into the forest, um, suddenly you kind of emerge on the other side and you can, you're kind of following this low Creek that eventually seems to trickle into this large lake. And as you come to the lake, you can see the slanted steel gray sky perfectly mirrored off of it. Um, it looks overhead. The clouds are a little dark um, as if it's going to storm soon. Um, not like a thunderstorm, but just kind of like the rain. The clouds are a little low. Um, there is a 
strange mist kind of coming off the water. And somewhere beyond the mist, you can see what looks like the shape of an island out there, maybe 30 yards out at best. Um, and this is the point where Hobbs kind of noses the air, kind of pawing with this great big paw about the size of two hand, two human hands. It's kind of paws in the muck and mud and kind of comes up with drinking from the water, having muck and muck and water kind of fall off its its nose, its um its snout, as it's kind of urging you, Collinsworth, across the water toward that dark shape. This must be an island. I think that's where we need to go. Mm. All right. Um, if she got over there, I wonder if she just swam or they had any sort of raft or... She didn't swim. She said she came to the edge of the water and found the doll and then saw the, the thing she described upon the island. Mm. Maybe there was not as much mist that day or maybe the mist was playing, was playing tricks on her mind. Maybe she saw something that wasn't there. Mm. As you kind of look, it's funny as Sir Finia says this, I mean, the mist is certainly moving along the top of the water, and it certainly makes the, like, it makes it look like there may be shapes up on the island, perhaps of trees or something else, that in the right light could certainly be deceptive. Hmm. Sir Finia tries to ground the story in reality. I wonder how I wonder how deep that water is and uh, if we should try wading or fording. Hmm. My guess is that I'm the strongest swimmer here. Maybe. Callan is the is that wizard from all the like eighties <laughs> paintings. That's like he's a buff mm-hmm. wizard. He's completely ripped. Yeah. Like summoning the demon, the ripped wizard with like the wizard hat and like just the bottom part of their robes. <laughs> he's like that wizard that's like I'm out of spells. Then sh- rips off his robes and it's like ripped. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like shame and then starts punching <laughs> there's things. This, to there's death. literally there's yeah. literally this image I'm thinking of in my mind. It's from pretty sure it's from D and D like AD&D second edition of like this super ripped wizard, like with a long beard. He's like summoning a demon and like, he's got like a full six pack and the guy's like wiry and muscly, like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're talking about. Did you find it or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> share it out. Well, you can, I, everybody I know can, exactly. Everybody can share in, share in zoom, by the yeah, way. Zoom. Just share yeah. your screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hold on a second. I got it on my other, uh, <laughs> other computer here sorry listeners uh i know you can't see this but uh no, look just google up, it you'll you'll find it yeah google what, what did you google specifically nick to find ripped the... ripped wizard and i just did a google <laughs> image search yeah and it's like ripped when you're wizard. when you're a caster but still put points in his strength yeah right. it's when yeah Buff wizard works too. Boom! There it is. Ripped wizard. I found. I found it. I'll share okay, it here. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, it's right. It's it's this right here. Yes. Yes. Ripped wizard. Can you see it? <laughs> yeah. Right there. Ripped wizard. Yeah. So, six pack man. Yeah. He's like he's, he's fucking he's, ripped. 
He's jacked, man. Look at him. He is. Dude is super jacked. Um, yeah, so listeners, go Google ripped wizard. <laughs> and you'll see it's like this wizard dude with his hands. There's like a book floating with a demon coming out of it and like Sir Galahad or some shit like that behind him. Um, you are playing a dangerous game telling people to Google something like that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Go Google Goatsy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, don't oh, do God. that. Don't do that. Uh, you'll end up with some really crazy looking. Um, Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely the Chad. Ver- that's the Chad wizard. The Chad <laughs> wizard. I like to think of myself as a muscle wizard. Thank you. <laughs> muscle wizard's good. Yeah. Mm. All right. I, I'm strength muscles. in body and mind. All right. Yeah. I'm Very woke. Cool. Yo. So, um, yeah, so ripped wizard, you pull off your clothes, you're gonna try to wade out there and give it a swim thirty yards out. Unless anyone else has any other ideas. Calvin's loving it. I'll go. Ripped, ripped wizard and Osbert. Okay. Mm-hmm. Phineas will give it a go. Well, Phineas will stay here, actually. He kind of looks toward Keegan and Collinsworth and he says, I'll stay here. So you might have to take off your boots. Yeah. You have to you have to take your dress, go down to your skivvies if you want to not be encumbered in the water. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. So the two of them kind of strip down to their small clothes and they leap into the water um, and they begin to swim toward the island. And you can hear them splish, splash, splish, splash. Uh, it's deep water. It's a, it's, a, it's a pretty deep pond. I mean, mm. it's not a lake, but it's a big pond. You can't see the other side. But the two of you are kind of swimming. You wait out there at first, and then suddenly just kind of like drops off. Mm-hmm. Um, like you finally suddenly no longer have footing underneath of you, so you kind of you kind of wade for a moment until you start to actually give it a good swim. Um, both of you need to make two fail forward tests. Uh, just one fail forward uh, athletics test. This test is um, routine. Sorry, uh, easy. My apologies. Easy fail forward athletics test failure does not mean you drown failure means you suffer physical peril 64 um, percent chance to succeed 80 and i rolled a success nice 62 i succeed yeah well from your perspective calvin and collinsworth um calvin and osbert yeah from from keegan sorry keegan and collinsworth's perspective osbert and calvin have swam out into the water and you can see that you can hear them splashing around, but you can't really see them. Um, Calvin, you and Osbert kind of emerge on the other side through the mist and start to kind of like come up along the shore. Um, about, no, I'll call it five minutes later at best. It's only 30 yards, about now at 90 feet. It's about five minutes at best. Hmm. Um, you um, kind of come up on the shore and start looking around. And there are a lot of dead trees on this island. Um, and some of them certainly look human-like, I guess you could say, but large. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are these long vines growing everywhere. Um, you can see this huge stone plinth of rock kind of r- r- emerging from the water at like a, like if it was pointing toward 11 o'clock on a, on a, on a, an actual clock, this huge plinth of rock about 20 feet high that looks like it was literally dropped from the sky. Um, and, uh, and, and, and a large island has formed upon it. Um, the island's edge, you cannot completely take in. It's too big. Hmm. 
it's way too large. Um, but it's upon uh, as you begin of. So I'm sorry. What do you want to do from here, Osbert and Calvin? So I want to take a good look at this large plinth of rock. It, does it have any sort of representation? Is it? Does it look man-made? Like what's going on with that? Well, um, it's interesting you should say that because you can see what looks like little candles burning up on the very top of it. If you were to clamber up, you'd get a better look. Hmm. Okay. I'll, if it looks like I can get handholds to climb, I'll make an attempt. I'll boost you up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, not, it's not hard to climb. Uh, it's just getting up on it at first and keeping the angle beneath your feet correct. Um, so you kind of scamper up the side with no real danger, I think, at this point. Even you, Calvin, can go if you wish to do okay. so as well. Yeah, I'll go up. Calvin, a.k.a. Ripped Wizard. Mm-hmm. Calvin, Ripped Wizard, Wedder, Redding. Um, so Osbert and Calvin, you clamber up, kind of scaling it, like on hands and on tips of your feet and hands. Because remember, it's like angled like 45 degrees, to give you a nice, straight up, it's like 45 degree angle pointing toward about 11 o'clock. So you scamper up on this very large stone plinth of rock and you notice something as you're kind of coming up the side. You were clearly not the first, the first people to ascend this thing because you can see little muddy hoof prints, little goat prints, like some mountain goat scampered up here too, leaving little muddy hoof prints in the same places where you're leaving little muddy hand and boot prints. And as you come up to the top of the plinth of rock, you can see that um, there are these inscriptions, uh, not inscriptions, my apologies. Um, there are these chalk drawings um, and these half burned candles, like arranged in some strange rist- ritualistic fashion. Hmm. Um, and in the center of it is this small doll um, that has little black buttons, little bits of tuft of fur, upon their hands and this what looks like a it looks like it, it's clearly a person supposed to represent a person not an animal um, but it's wearing a black dress and the same black dress it's wearing seems to be strikingly similar to the one Hannah was wearing mm. and I think we'll stop for here for the night mm. yeah so um, <laughs> everybody gets, uh, I think we played for a couple hours, so 50 reward points. Sorry, yeah, we, we, no, we played for two and a half hours, right? All right. Think about two hours. Yeah, 50 reward Something points. Something like that. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about what happened tonight. Like we, we some, some, you know, we, we, we didn't play for long, but I think a lot happened i think um like so let's maybe start because because it's probably it's probably most i think because it's one of the critical moments of the night like let's talk about collinsworth let's talk about what happened um this evening with collinsworth tell us about how you think the what happened tonight kind of impacted him uh you know he's finding more and more evidence that the things that he was told that he was raised with you know as far as like superstitions and everything go like they are not superstition. They are real. Uh, demons possess people. And he just witnessed it. Um, so he might actually be turning a little bit more religious now. Um, whereas, like, he always believed, but he was just, like, not very good at it, you know? Yeah. 
Um, uh, You know, and, and he's naive enough to think that everyone is religious because like, you know, in, in the Zweihander world, like 90 to 95% are, at least that's the way it was a, a while back. Um, they may, things may have changed now, but like, you know, the gods are real as I'm doing air quotes. Um, so like, uh, you know, he, he just like, yeah, everybody is, um, you know, of course the gods are real, but they don't care about us. They're fickle, you know, um, wouldn't pay attention. It likes a little old me. Um, and he's starting to believe that everything anyone has said is, has some truth behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, that these superstitions are, are there for reasons. And he's, he's seen a ghost. He's seen a monster in a cave. Um, so yeah, uh, he's pretty much going to believe uh, a lot of this stuff um, until he finds out otherwise if he does. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's uh, 25 reward points for you. Um, so let's go next to um, let's go next to Keegan. What's going on in Keegan's head? Like what's what's the what's the kind of net output from tonight, do you think? Um he probably doesn't know what to think because at this point, like, you know, he, he kind of came in of a more practical, more optimistic mind, if you will, when he first kind of joined this group. But he's, you know, he's seen some things. He's he's taken a lot of damage. You know, he's seeing that this is becoming something where he, he can't just walk into it kind of, you know, um, sunny optimism. Op- What's the word I'm thinking of? It's late. Anyways, um, like all optimistic and all smiles and happiness and then assume that things are going to work because last time he kind of tried to do something like that, he got beat down by a creature with roots. Um, so I think he's he's starting to harden a little bit to that and realizing that, you know, uh, that's going to have to be. And I think part of that realization comes with the also the understanding that there's things that he's just not going to understand. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of how he's treating this whole situation with like the demon and everything. And he's like, you know, I don't know if I believe it, but if these bad things are happening, I don't know that we want that. You know, we have to protect our people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I see that. So, yeah, 50 reward points. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned before our pre game debrief, our pre game recap is 50 and our post game is 50. So, um, Adam, everybody should adjust their first 25 to 50, and then Adam, just adjust your last 25 to 50, if you would, please. That makes sense. Um, cool. Well, let's let's move next to um, let's move next to, to Calvin. Calvin, tell us tell us what's going on. Like, what what happened here yeah. tonight that you think is relevant to the story or their character growth or whatever it may be? Yeah, I mean, so Calvin had really enjoyed the last three months, like being able to like have that downtime, do what he kind of wanted to do when he first came up to the north. But yeah, uh, he's like, yeah, we got this promise that we made to the other group that uh, that we would help them find this person, even though he feels like it's kind of a wild goose chase. That's kind of a waste of time. But he's like, well, I may, he thinks to himself, that, well, we made the promise. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we might as well just get out there, get it done and get back, um, you know, and maybe something good will come out of it. 
but uh so that's kind of what it, that's where his head is right now but yeah these these people that he had came across he, you know his first thought was hey great you know maybe new people that we can get to go to the settlement and then he realizes again that the north is not always as it seems and it's not as simple as he had hoped you know that kind of was another reminder of that so um yeah it's, it's been interesting yeah, that's good. It's reward points for you. And then finally, um, we come to Osberg. So not not Ripped Wizard, but our our, our would be leader of the of the group. So Osbert has, you know, seen this vision of perhaps what's going on with the nameless or maybe the future, who knows what, but he sees them approaching this uh lake uh with all these these fires in the distance and you know he's this uh, this this entity that he has created a bargain with. You know continues to heap rewards on him, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's it's definitely something that he's kind of coming to a point where I don't know whether he's having somewhat of a crisis of faith with the covenant, um, because it just seems to be that in this country when you need something matters of the soul should or or even beyond needs to be t- turned to this this entity he, he seems to get things it seems to get things done mm-hmm. so probably some sort of crisis of faith going on right now um over over the kind of the long term last three months and as, as for as for the current uh misadventure with uh this family uh, Osbert is is probably delving into his somewhat for selfish reasons. He's curious what's going to happen. He he wants to know what's what's up with this entity in the woods, and um, will it bring him closer to his uh, perceived benefactor? So there there's something there's definitely something selfish, and uh, um, he, he he keeps telling himself in the back of his mind that this is for the good of the child and can try trying to convince the group of, of such things but uh, uh it's it, it's all really a lie he's he's yeah. lying to himself he's lying to the group yeah yeah that's good that's 50 reward points okay well i think the the final thing we'll do tonight is roll our conflict die the result tonight is nine nine so um yeah i think that's it for tonight we'll um find out more about what's on this island investigate probably a little bit more about what's been fed on top of the rock the connection to the child the strange um that the, the, the doll looking the dolls almost looking the same um and maybe get to the bottom of this strange dark folk tale um next week so um thank you all for listening um thank you all for patronage uh thanks for helping support us mm-hmm. um this has been this has been really i don't i mean i can only speak for myself but this has been really rewarding for me one because i don't have to plan but more importantly <laughs> it feels like i can kind of get back to just gaming without a purpose <laughs> just to get a purpose to being to game only as opposed yeah. to gaming to publish which is nice it's super nice um that's more relaxing it's it it feels nice that it's just for entertainment you know for our own for our own benefit yeah. um and then everyone can kind of everyone else who's who's listening to my voice can 
and uh, get the entertainment by proxy, if you will. <laughs> I hope yeah. you're. I hope you're enjoying it. If you, if you can hear me, <laughs> <laughs> they can hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Thanks for your patronage. Um, help support Grim Parallel Studios. Uh, they're the ones who pull this together. Help make this happen. Um, your your patronage helps uh, offset. Um, development on Radiator helps pay for some artwork and layout and editing and hopefully something Adam and the team will be able to share more of soon but um, I'm just the weekly game master so I get I get that honor and everybody else gets to do the hard work I guess right mm-hmm, running right. the, <laughs> the Patreon uh, and obviously certainly check out our the Twitch channel uh, for Zweihander that um, Kay is a Twitch director for don't, 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 for, don't, don't sleep on that uh, it's twitch.zweihander.game. Um, very easy to find. We've got some really exciting shows running right now and some cool stuff planned for next year that Kay is uh, going to launch. A big a big new revamp for 2021. Fun stuff. So thanks, everybody. We'll talk later. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Wave. Bye. <laughs>